Blog Talk Radio. All right, I want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, we're so grateful to the Lord to just be able to come before you and uh, to share with you the things that the Lord has laid on our hearts to share. So if you have your Bibles, let's go back to the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, and uh, we're going to continue uh, talking about rebuke and uh, what all it entails. All right, so the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, I really pray that um, you all have uh, been blessed by the daily word devotions and the things that the Lord is speaking to you all. I don't know how much longer these devotions will go on, um, but uh, my prayer is that you all will continue uh, to listen and also that you will also uh, go back over some of the messages that have been stated and uh, have been preached previously and uh, so that you can continue uh, in your growth in the Lord as well. All right, so... Uh, the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, and we're going to start reading at verse uh, 38. It says, And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought her, besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. So you see what's going on there how uh, Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. The Bible says she had a great fever. She was taken with it. And so the people, uh, they besought Jesus on her behalf. And the Bible says that he stood over her and he rebuked the fever. You see that? Now that that right there lets you know what, what the Lord wants and what his desire is. You see that? He rebuked the fever. And so I think many times we make the mistake, again, of dealing with the individual. Uh, Sometimes we even make the mistake of praying for something to be gone instead of rebuking the thing and telling it to leave, you see. So it says he rebuked the fever and it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. So if you think of sickness, whatever sickness you can think of, whatever ailment you can think of, if you think of it as a thing, you see, and and, and you read, you can see that very clearly, it says that he rebuked the fever and it left her. What was it? The fever. And so if you think of it as a, a thing, like an actual something that you can touch, you think of it as, I, I like to think of them as beings that, you know, like you, you could tell your child, hey, I want you to get up and just leave the room real quick or go to your room. Uh, they'll get up and go. And so if you think of it as something that, that can move, just like what this says, you know, and uh, it said, and it left her. In other words, something that can leave, uh, something that, you know, can move around, you see, then then you'd uh, be in a better position to, to know, okay, this needs to be rebuked. And so the Bible says that it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid hands on 
on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. You see, so again, he's rebuking sicknesses in the same way that he's rebuking devils. Now, the truth be told, a lot of sicknesses are a direct result of demonic oppression. And so if you deal with the devil, then a lot of times you you can deal with that sickness as well. That that sickness, a lot of those ailments are a result of demonic oppression. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, when we think about demon possession and demonic oppression, we think about people doing crazy things. We think about uh, people, you know, head spinning and all of that because of the picture that Hollywood has painted. But uh, a lot of times people aren't possessed as much as they are oppressed, and you, you you know, in other words, the devil is on the outside of the person. If you can think of the brute word of oppressed is to press. And so what I think about a lot of times when I think about demonic oppression is I think about uh, a spirit being on the outside of a person pressing on them some kind of way. Uh, you've heard me share this story before uh, a few years ago. Uh, after I first moved up here to Tennessee, I was uh, having breathing problems, like really, really bad uh, breathing problems where I couldn't, uh, it was just felt like something was, like I'd been stabbed in my lung or something. That's the best way I can describe it, to the point where I couldn't take deep breaths. Like, and so I went about a week that way, uh, not being able to take deep breaths, just taking little bitty breaths to keep from uh, from hurting because it hurts pretty bad whenever I took just normal breathing. And uh, so, you know, I the Lord had showed me a dream of this. I saw a soldier leaning in my side. And, I, of course, in that dream, I was instructing somebody that somebody had asked for prayer about something, uh, needed an answer about something, and the Lord had gave me the answer. And so in the dream, I was giving them the answer, but even while this was taking place, uh, that there was a soldier that was leaning in my side, like just his head, his head, his head bowed in my side like this. And I just looked at him like that. And uh, so when I stood up to give the instruction that the Lord had told me to give or give the answer that the Lord had gave me to give to this person, he, this person, this soldier asked me, am I bothering you? I said, no, you're okay. And I sat back down and leaned his head back in my side. And so when I woke up from that, I uh, got in touch with this person to give them the answer that God wanted them to have. But also I rebuked what I saw in that dream. The Lord was letting me know it's a spirit, a foot soldier for the devil that was leaning into my side, just like I saw. You know, and some devils are just there to oppress. In other words, what was he doing? He was pressing into my side. A lot of heart disease is behind that. You know, a lot of spirits are behind heart disease behind diabetes and different things like that, where the devil is pressing in on people. You might not be possessed with that devil. Uh, but what I learned in that dream is if you allow the devil to say, he'll say, you know, if if, if you don't say anything about it, because all that time for the whole week, I hadn't even really said anything about it. I was just dealing with it, you know, just dealing with it. And I had, in reality, adjusted to that. I had adjusted to the idea of having it there. How? by taking a little bitty breath, not not breathing normal. 
And what where we make our mistake a lot of times as believers is we adjust to the devil. And, and when we should be saying, you know what, devil, you don't have a right to be here. We should think this is not normal. Other people can do these things. Other people can breathe normal. Other people can move around and about like they need to, you know. And so if, when we adjust to those things, if, it, when we adjust, we're in trouble. We've accepted it as the normal, and that's not the Lord's will. And so uh, I rebuked it, and no sooner as I rebuked it, it left. It was gone, and and I hadn't been back since. You see that? And so I, I learned that. Even, you know, some of you I heard you say, and, I, of course, I said it as well, you know, I feel like I'm trying to get sick. Like, you, you can tell when something is trying to come on you. And I've learned that whenever that happens, to just immediately start rebuking it. No, devil, not going to get sick. You see that? Not going to accept that. I think a lot of times when we feel ourselves, something coming on us, something coming on us, on us, and if it is the devil, I think a lot of times it's the devil's way of knocking at the door. And if you don't say, get on away from this door, then he'll just come on in. But, you know, by your words, you may accept it when you say, well, you know, I feel myself getting sick. Or, you know, instead of saying that, say, you know, devil, I, I see you there, and uh, you're not welcome here. You see that? And so the Lord wants us to live that life where we know what's demonic and what's not, and also we just do not accept what the devil is dishing out. You see that? We just don't accept it. And so here we see that in verse 45. And devils came out, also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. You see that? And so that's, that's the Lord's desire, is for us to rebuke the enemy. You see that? We rebuke him under the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has to obey that especially when our relationship with God is in right standing. When we are in a place with the Lord where we're supposed to be, we have the authority to rebuke the enemy, and he has to flee. And the Lord wants you to know how the enemy comes a lot of times. So let's go back in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. Uh, actually, we'll read verse 43 so that you can see something, and then we'll go backwards. It says, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom. Oh, no, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people saw him and came unto him and stayed him. You see that? In other words, tried to restrain him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. So now let's go verse back to verse 18. Uh, actually, uh, back to verse 16, Luke 4 and 16, says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for the read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Everybody see that? And that's talking about people that have gone through some things. That's talking about people who, you know, there are a lot of people in this world 
who are brokenhearted, who have gone through some things in past relationships, who have, have you, when you read the word brokenhearted here, what, you're, what it's speaking of is somebody who has been disappointed to the point, you know, where it has affected their heart. In other words, their relationship. You see, it has affected their views of certain things. Those are brokenhearted people. You see that? So he says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, people that have been disappointed to the fact, to the point where uh, it affects their views. Some people can't be all in in a marriage because they're brokenhearted. It doesn't mean, you know, like what we think it means a lot of times where, oh, somebody broke my heart and, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm hurting real bad, and, you know, it, it's talking about people that even past that point. So let's say, for instance, you were young, you got into a relationship when you were younger, uh, the relationship didn't work out, you were all in, and because that relationship didn't work out and, you, you know, you got your heart broke or whatever you want to call it, you were hurt really bad, your innocence was lost in that where you could no longer view love the way that love should be viewed as being innocent, as being a, you know, it being vulnerable to it, being all in. And so because that you adjust and you say, well, you know, I'm not going to, from now on, I'm just not going to be all in. I'm going to, a lot of people, what they do is they cover their hurt. You know, they, they shop, they eat, they do all these different things. They go on vacations. It's like they go out of their way trying to find joy, you know, or trying to make up for, the joy that's missing on the inside. And according to the word of God, that's what brokenhearted is. You can be years down the road, and if you're still doing things that you picked up to to make up for the damage back there, then you're still brokenhearted. That's what the Lord is saying there. And so he says that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Everybody see that? to preach deliverance to the captives. In other words, you have, you're have bound by something. Now, if you're one of those people, years later, you're still dealing with the same issues, and, you know, and, and you're trying to, you know, down the road, you, you're being held captive by this situation. A lot of people are being held captive by their past, by things that have happened in their past. All right? It says, and recovering of sight to the blind, uh, to set at liberty, at liberty, them that are bruised. Now, when you think about a bruise, what is it? A bruise is something. It happens a lot of times under the skin. Uh, you can see that where vessels, blood vessels, and things like that have been burst open, and you can see that's what that's what leaves the mark there. A lot of times, is those little blood vessels there have been burst, and it usually comes from something hitting skin. You know, it usually comes from maybe a bad fall or something like that. But anyway, something has bumped into you some kind of way, and it's under the surface. And so somebody that's bruised is usually somebody that's pretending. Usually beneath the surface there, there is some real hurt. But because they're not bleeding openly on the outside, they just kind of just go on. You see that just kind of go on. And those are the people that are bruised. You could see that they're hurting, but the hurt is not evident. You you know, usually when somebody, when you find somebody that just love attention, 
there's a room full of people and they just got to have attention. They just got to get their two cents in and things like that. That's usually a, a, a sure sign that some kind of way that person is bruised. People, bruised people, they, they show up all kind of ways. You see that a lot of times it's through attention. Maybe they didn't get enough of it in a relationship, and maybe that's something that they're craving now, and so they go out of their way for attention. And uh, so bruised, you see that. And so what what do we do when we come across these people who have been brokenhearted, who have been held captive, who have been blind, who are bruised? You always have to bring these people back to the place of hurt. You see that? In other words, back to the place of hurt. And that's that's what has to take place. And when you bring them back to that place of hurt, then they are um, ready to rebuke what it is that was had brought on that hurt. You see that? You bring people back to that place uh, where the hurt began, then you have a ground zero there. Then you know what to rebuke. But what happens is people get hurt, they become brokenhearted, they get bruised, they become bound, and they live life for a few years, and they're still dealing with the fruit of those things but have forgotten about what the root of it was. And that's why I sometimes tell people, where did this, or I ask people, where did this begin? This, this thing that you want the Lord to deal with, where did it start? Because if, if you can go back and, and jog your memory and figure out where this thing started at, then you'll be in a better position to know what you have to rebuke in your past, those things that you have to let go of, those things, in other words, that you have to release. That's God's desire. You see that he don't, he don't want you to be bruised. He don't want you to be brokenhearted. He don't want you to be demonically oppressed. But if you don't realize where that oppression started and why it started, then the devil has a right to stay where he is. You have to go back to that place where it started. You see that when you go back to that place, you see, then you think about it this way. How are you beforehand? Have you always been a person that loved attention? If so, why? You see, the people just don't come here that way. No, don't accept that as a part of your personality. That's not a part of your personality because people don't come here that way. You you develop that, you see that. And so you have to go back to that place and realize where, if, if daddy didn't give you enough attention when you were a little girl, then maybe you need to go back and rebuke that situation. You need to go back and deal with that situation, you see that. But you need to... Let the Lord heal you from that. Don't continue going down the road that you've been going down and thinking, oh, this is a part of my personality. You know, when you say that, what you're saying is, devil, I'm making you a part of my my makeup. I, you are a part of me now is what you're doing. Basically, you're inviting the devil and, and giving him a leap into your life, and that's not God's will. If it don't line up with God's word, don't accept it as a part of your personality. You go back and deal with that. You see that? You go back and deal with that, and, and, and the Lord will help you with it. So you get to the root of it and, and watch how God moves. God intends for you to line up with his word. He intends for you to know what needs to be rebuked. He don't intend for you to accept certain things as the norm. Heart disease, not the norm. Diabetes, 
not the norm. Headaches, constant headaches, not the norm. You can rebuke those things, and, and they will leave you exactly the way that fever from Simon's, uh, of, of Simon's mother-in-law, the way that that fever left her. You can rebuke it, and it will leave. God has given you the authority as his child to rebuke demonic oppression. Amen. All right, we want to say thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something has been said that has been a blessing to you, and we look forward uh, to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.